that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Again, Peter says we need to grow in our relationship with Christ. We need to know Christ. Right? And then Jesus said, this is the point of eternal life. The point of eternal life is for you to know God. Again, he's insisting to know God, right? But I like what Philippians 3 says. We're going to go through Philippians 3. We're going to read a, a, a good chunk of it. We're going to stay in Philippians 3 for a little bit. So Philippians 3, this is from the NIV, it's starting in verse 3. It says this, For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And then he starts listing. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for seal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. And then he says this, but whatever, uh, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord. For whose, sake, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Wow. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on a basis of faith. And then he, verse 10, says this. This is important. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now, what Paul is talking here, when he's listing all these things, what Paul is saying is that this works can never gain salvation, can never make you righteous. Because I have heard this Bible verse misused so many times. You read this, and I have heard messages from pastors or from people that will say, well, you know, Paul considered everything you do as garbage, so you don't need education. As long as you love the Lord, that's the matter, right? And it's scary when they say, oh, you don't have to have theological background, pastor. As long as you're willing to do the work of the Lord, you can preach on a Sunday morning. It's okay, because everything is garbage in comparison with knowing Christ. But that's not what Paul is talking about. And if you want a pastor that is not preparing the Word of God, it's just as if you go to the hospital and the surgeon says to you, well, I don't know anything about bodies, but hey, I love the Lord. So just lay over there and I will bring my tools. Would you um, allow him to perform the surgery for you? I don't know about you, but I don't. Right? Paul is not talking about, you know, education. Now, Paul is talking and saying that all of those things don't 
count as righteousness. In other words, what he's saying is the gospel. He's saying the only way of being safe is through putting faith in Christ. He's not talking about anything with education. So, when I hear all that, and then I hear another Bible verse that is being misquoted, you know, there's, there's people out there that say, well, I don't need to prepare because, you know, Luke 12, 12 says that the Lord will give me words, you know, to speak when I'm in the, in the pulpit. And that Bible verse is so out of context. If you read Luke 12, 12, it's talking about when you are in trial in front of a judge. Don't worry what you're going to say to defend yourself, says verse 12. Then the Lord will give you words. It has nothing to do with, well, Lord, I didn't study today. Um, I just hope that you give me something. Let's flip the Bible there. Okay, we're going to talk today about how, you know, Judas um, just hang up himself. That's not how it works. Right? What Paul is trying to say is, listen, none of this will bring you salvation. Because... In that time, if you remember, there were Judaizers that they would say to people, hey, as long as if you're a Hebrew, you're safe. If you're circumcised, hey, you're safe. And Paul is saying, oh, really? You want to talk about what is what? And I can hear Paul's sarcastic voice. So you're a Hebrew, uh-huh? Huh, well, I am more of a Hebrew. Oh, you're talking to me about, you know, passion? I killed the church because I was passionate for the Lord. Or you're saying that, you know, you know the law. I'm a Pharisee because I know the law pretty well. But it's not about that. It's not about, well, it doesn't matter. So I encourage you, don't take this and think, well, then let's just close everything. You know, education doesn't matter. Um, in the context of salvation, of course, doesn't matter. It's about faith in Jesus Christ. But in the causes of you to be prepared, to defend the gospel, to preach the gospel, you need to be educated. You need to. You need to know your creator. You need to know what the Bible says. We can't be Christians, you know, without knowing the Bible, without knowing who our creator is. So anyways, so Paul says, you know, in verse 10, I want to know Christ, yes. And that's the key. All of us need to make the time to know our Creator. Now, this is, and this is not just for you to say, well, then, you know, I guess I will need to fast for 40 days and 40 nights and just go there. Little decisions make big differences. You read the Bible for a couple, you know, minutes a day, even if you have five minutes a day, make a difference with the intention of growing, not just to read, to read for information, but to truly dig into what the Word says, to truly understand. Start with five minutes. You know, spiritual life is similar to um, physical life. You know, when you go to the gym, no one will tell you, if you have never gone to the gym, no one will tell you, yeah, just, you know, let's do two hours of push-ups and then three hours of running in the treadmill, and then you're going you're gonna to die. <laughs> I experienced that when I went to uh, the gym last time, 
and I said to the guys, it was Dachshund, Mikai, Dominic, and I said, guys, this is my first time. I, I just, I just, you know, I have not gone to the gym in ages. I don't think I ever have gone to the gym. Anyways, that's not the point. Um, and I said to them, guys, listen, this is my first time. But they kill me. <laughs> I was so sore to the point that even my hair was so sore the next day. <laughs> I, almost never, I almost didn't come back. And actually haven't gone back since that time. <laughs> I need to go back. But many, many people think like, oh, well, I need to know my creator, so I need to schedule, you know, two hours and do this. It starts with little things. I know all of us are busy. And I know we are at chapel three times a week. And I know you have assignments. And some of you read the Bible because that's what you need to do for passing your classes. But the point of all of this is we need to spend time with our creator. That's the only way how we're going to get to know him. You know why it's important to know our creator? It's because when worshipers know their creator, they are able to stand firm when hardships, trials, temptations come their way. That's why. Brother Guy talked yesterday about joy. You're able to maintain joy because you know your creator. You're able to stand firm in the temptation because you know your creator. You're able to go through trials and hardships because you know your creator. And you won't be moved. Tim Case mentioned in um, Friday night of Foundations Weekend, he said, you know, when you truly make Jesus the Lord of your life, is as you spend more time with him, it will, things will get easier for you to obey. Things uh, are going to be easier for you to follow his footsteps because you are with your creator all times. But the problem with nowadays is when a hardship comes, when, you know, the enemy or our emotions come and say, <laughs> Gabriel, you are alone. You are forsaken. Nobody likes you, Gabriel. <laughs> then the worshiper who knows his creator will say, no, that is not true. Isaiah, Isaiah 41.10 says, and you can put it up there. He's, it says, you know, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So no, lies. I'm not going to listen to you because I know my creator, and my creator tells me I'm not alone. Right? Yeah, but what happens if even your mom and your dad forsake you, and you're all alone? And then you can say, well, even then, you know what Psalm 27, 10 says? For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Doesn't matter. I know my creator. He is with me. I will not fear. I'm not going to pay attention to the lies of my emotions or the enemy that says that I'm alone and forsaken. Because I am not. Because I read the scriptures, because I know this truth, and I know that he is with me, I should not fear. Listen to what Psalm 27 says. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers um, sell me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war, uh, war uh, arrays against me, yet I will be confident. That's the difference. When worshipers know their creator and know who they are serving to and know who their father is, we can stand against any hardship, any trial, any temptation, any lies, because we know the scriptures. Because I say, no, I'm not going to listen to you lie or emotions. I'm not going to let you control me. The Lord is with me. Even if my mom and dad forsaken me, he will not. He said that he will be with me and that he cares for me. Or when the voice comes again and says, <laughs> how are you going to make it this week financially? Do you see your issues? It's not looking good. And then you think, oh, you start thinking about that. And then the voice says, see? You need to be anxious. At least that's how in my, in my head my, the voice sounds to me. You may have your own version. <laughs> when you speak here, then you can use that whatever voice you want to do. Now it's me, so I'm using this voice. <laughs> then the worshiper says, the worshiper who knows the scriptures says, you know, I have a father who cares. And even if I have no idea how I'm going to make it, 1 Peter 5.7 says, Casting all your anxieties on him. Because what? I couldn't hear you. Because what? There you go. That's the confidence of the worshiper that knows who his creator is. He cares for me. Right? Look at what Matthew 10, 29 and 31. We read it at the last Patmos Chapel. But I want to read it again. Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet... Not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And then he says, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So when the voice comes and says, mm, how are you going to make it? You say, because I know the word of God. And the word of God tells me that he cares for me. Because the word of God says that I need to cast my anxieties to him and he will take care of me. Because he says to me that I matter. That I have more value. That's when you can start standing against the lies of the enemy. But the only way is for you to know your creator. And even if the enemy comes to you and says, hmm, see, you prayed. And yet it didn't happen like you wanted it to happen. Where is your God now? See, what was the point? Things didn't go your way, Gabriel. <laughs> Even then you can say to the enemy, listen, or to your emotions, listen. The Lord is in control. And you know what Romans 8.28 says? Well, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Enemy, emotions, 
even though you're trying to trick me and to tell me that the Lord didn't answer my prayer or I am forsaken, I know the truth. And the truth tells me that God is in control. And the truth tells me that even though I didn't have my way and my prayer wasn't answered or the Lord decided to do something different, I am going to trust in my creator because he works all things together for my good. Now, I know that this is easy said than done. But just like exercise, just like when you're trying to, you know, develop as good biceps are, are mine, one at a time, right? This is, this is exercise. You need to do this. There might be days that you feel confident. There might be days that you don't. But don't give up in knowing your creator because when you study the word of God, you will be able to stand against the lies. And even if the situation didn't go your way or God had completely different plans, you know who is in control. You know that all things work together for our good because we love him. You know that. So you can stand against that. And you can say, I'm not going to stop worshiping my creator because he is good. Because he is worthy to be praised. And I know I am not alone because he promised me that he is with me. I know that even if somebody, everybody forsakes me, he will not. I know that if I don't have enough to make it through this week financially, I know that he cares for me and he will provide a way because I know that I have more value than the verse of the sky. But it starts with knowing your creator. And out of knowing your creator is when a heart full of joy comes from. Now, worship him, you can come back. You can, uh, you can go to the stage. Now, I know that you probably got distracted by the worship team going up there, but I do need you to pay attention to me. They look great, and they are going to go up and all of that. But eyes on me. I, look, I purposely look good today so you can look at me. It starts with that. We need to know our creator. Worshippers, all of us, when we know our creator, we're able to have joy. A joy that nobody can comprehend because we know that we are rooted in him and not in the circumstances. So, what would be my advice to you? Well, start little by little. Start by reading the scripture. Even if it's twice a week, once a week, for 10 minutes, 5 minutes. Where do I start, Gabriel? You can start in the Psalms. You can start in Proverbs. If you truly want the Lord to speak, go to Proverbs, you will find a lot of things there. Go to the book of James. I don't feel the Lord speaking to me. Go to the book of James and you will definitely hear the Lord speaking very clear. Very clear. Right? So start with that. Then go a little bit more. Instead of two times a week, do three times a week. Instead of 10 minutes, do 15. And I get it. I was in your same place. I was surrounded by assignments. You know, we love Elam. We love the classes. We don't love too much the assignments. I get you. But don't let 
the assignment. Turn your heart into, well, I guess I got to do this. I have no choice. No. It's for your benefit. Know your creator because he is faithful. Because he is kind. Because he is a good father. And when the lights come, you will realize, no, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm going to listen to this. Because I know who my creator is. So would you stand with me? And I'm not going to do an altar call. Um, just where you are. If this spoke to your heart, or if this is something you already knew, I pray that the Lord help us to not get into a habit of just doing things to do. To not get into an attitude of like, yeah, I need to read two chapters today for class. To not have an attitude of like, oh, chapel is today, I wish I can sleep in. But to truly get to an attitude, Lord, even though I'm tired, even though I'm overwhelmed, I want to set aside time, five minutes, ten minutes, once a week, twice a week, whatever you can fit it in, to truly spend time with you and know you, to truly study the scriptures, because I want to be a worshiper that knows his creator. I want to be a worshiper that when trials and hardships and lies and disappointments come, which they will, I will stand firm on the truth because I know who I am serving, because I know who is for me. I want to know you. So, Lord Jesus, in this morning, God, help us to know you deeper. Help us to make time to truly be in in your word, to not just do this as one more thing to do, but to truly dig into the word. I want to know you deeper. So that way, out of that will flow rivers of joy, rivers of confidence, because my confidence and my joy does not rely on the situation. It relies on you because I know that I'm serving a faithful, kind father. So where you are for just a couple of minutes, would you speak with the Lord? And just give him your heart and surrender to him and ask him to help you truly find time. So just for a few minutes, if you can do that.